Happy Monday, Pulse Check listeners. If you're with us in the Capitol Beltway area, you could witness DC's cherry blossom peak bloom as soon as later this week. Plan your trips to the Tidal Basin, or my preferred venue, the National Arboretum, accordingly. This is Pulse Check. I'm FDA reporter Catherine Ellen Foley. On Friday, House lawmakers sent legislation to Joe Biden's desk that would declassify all federally held information on potential links between China's Wuhan Institute of Virology and COVID-19. The bill received strong support in both congressional chambers. Senator Debbie Stabenow, a Democrat from Michigan, made some fiery remarks about Walgreens at a retreat for Democratic donors, taking aim at the company's decision not to dispense an abortion drug in several states where it's legal. Now, however, she and other lawmakers critical of the company are tentatively holding their fire as Walgreens stresses the legal threat posed by GOP state attorneys general. And Aaron Shoemaker is here with me to discuss something that last year won unanimous backing in the Senate. But sleep scientists are skeptical. We're talking about making everyone's favorite circadian circus daylight saving time permanent. Thanks so much for having me. So last year, the Senate passed Marco Rubio's bill making daylight saving time permanent, and it passed unanimously, I should add. But since then, the House has refused to take up the bill, and it sort of seems to be stalling. What's going on there? Yeah, so it is true that it passed unanimously last year in the Senate and that the House, it never made it to a House vote. Marco Rubio did just recently reintroduce the bill. Proponents, the bill say it will reduce accidents, you know, give people more time in the evenings for recreation and physical fitness, could even help with seasonal depression. Who knows what will happen with this bill, but those are sort of some of the arguments being brought forth by people who like the bill. And can you tell us a little bit more about, like, who likes the bill? Like, who's who's talking about it? Yeah, I mean, in addition to Marco Rubio, the face of the bill, there are a lot of people who are into it, whether they are just sick of changing the clock twice a year uh, or whether they want more time in the evening to do things like work out. Uh, there are a lot of people who would prefer that we go to daylight saving time all the time. Mm-hmm. I have seen some reports of lobbying around the bill, and there does seem to be money sort of thrown around here and there trying to, that against the bill is, is largely what I have seen. Whether this uh, is truly a big sleep lobby or whether that's a bit of a joke, like I don't think we could necessarily compare this to pharma, but there's money. Right. There's money in the biz, I guess. Okay. And so let's say we live in a world where this actually passes What would that look like in the continental U.S.? So the big change that we would see would be the time of day that the sun rises. And that would look different in different parts of the U.S. It largely depends on where you are within a certain time zone. So if you're in the eastern time zone, like you and I are, you would see a different sunrise time in New York or in Washington, D.C. than you'd see in Ohio or Buffalo or parts of Indiana and Michigan. Generally, the farther east you are, the earlier the sun would rise. So for you and I, that might be around 8 or 8.30. Um, And if you keep moving west, you know, in parts of Michigan, they might see sunrises at 9 or 9.30 a.m. You've also done some prior reporting where there are some groups of people who are vehemently opposed to this 
uh, from a public health standpoint. Can you talk a little bit more about who those folks are and what their main argument is? Sure. So sleep is really closely tied to a lot of health outcomes, which is something that I've covered before. And poor sleep is associated with things like Parkinson's disease, cancer, obesity, like a smattering of diseases. Um, And this is over time. You know, one night of bad sleep is not going to make or break your health, probably. It's also associated with accidents, with reduced work productivity uh, and sedentary behavior. And I guess while I did say that one night of of sleep is not going to make or break your health, like in terms of accidents, like actually maybe it could. (laughs) Something else to think about is that sleep isn't necessarily a problem that we should only think about on an individual level of like, did I get enough sleep tonight? Am I getting enough sleep? There's a body of research to show that there are disparities in sleep and that people at a lower income level, people of color tend to get worse sleep than their white and higher income counterparts. And that can take a toll on health over the long term. Like all of these health effects that we talk about um, aren't just tied to individual behavior. They're also tied to some things that you can't control necessarily, some non-medical factors uh, that can influence your health. And uh, at a recent forum that I listened to, they referred to it as the social determinants of sleep, a spin on the idea of the social determinants of health, the the non-medical factors like income, like education, like housing, or the zip code you live in that determine your health outcomes. Okay. So knowing that, is this a new idea? Have we ever tried this before in the U.S.? That's what I love so much about this story, is that we have tried this before in the U.S. and more than once. Most recently in the 1970s, Congress decided to try permanent daylight saving time as an energy saving measure, but they ended the experiment after less than a year because it was so unpopular with Americans. Interesting. And yet more people are saying they like like the idea of daylight saving time. I think they just want sunlight later in the day. It is really interesting. I People seem to love it at present, but I dug into the New York Times archives and found this disgruntled quote from a Long Island mother in 1974. And she was saying, you know, it's the end now. I can't cope anymore. The comet, the energy crisis, now darkness. I'm just staying in bed. That's how much she did not like permanent daylight saving time. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Erin. And I hope your sleep hasn't been too disrupted by the shift over the weekend. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Raghu Manavalan is our editor. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>